everybody. My name is Jordan Ostroff with Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview attorneys and other experts across the country to talk about what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. Today's show is exciting on two totally different fronts. One, and I'm going to go in order of least awesomeness. First, we have <laughs> Brett on. We have a guest host, Brett Eisenberg, one of our employees here at Legalese Marketing. is going to be joining us for Thank this chat. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. And then two, we have Stacey Brown Randall on. So for those of you that don't know Stacey, um, when I completely redid how my firm marketed way back in like 2017, after spending a bunch of money going into debt, having no idea what I was doing, being miserable, I put together a bunch of stuff. And then in 2018, out came this really awesome podcast that Stacey hosts. And it was like, 50% what I had done and then 50% the stupid, like the awesome things I didn't think to include in <laughs> what I had been doing. So I have truly walked the walk on what Stacey talks about for over three years now, or at least pretty close to it on my end. I don't think I jumped on on day one, but um, I'm so excited to have Stacey on here. So for those of you that don't know, Stacey talks about how you generate referrals without asking, emphasis on without asking. She also talks about how you create a sticky client experience. So you build the best relationship with clients so that they stay involved with you. They keep coming back. Uh, I believe she was hit in the face by a softball at some point in high school. I think that was one of your fun facts from one of the episodes. It was college, but yes. In college. I was even, an even better softball player in college. <laughs> Well, so. it was, it was intramurals. Let's, let's not act like I was an athlete. It was my <laughs> sorority's softball team, but uh, yeah, keep going. See, I was thinking like college, World Series, you know, like <laughs> bottom no, then the it seven. would have done some serious damage if it had been like a true softball player that had hit me. Right. <laughs> that is very true. So Stacy, over the last, um, I guess the layer strategy was your last subset and then your, your client experience is the current one. still. yes. Okay, so the way that Stacy does her podcast is different than any other podcast I listen to. She does not just cheapen out and make it in a, a bunch of interviews. She has some, but not all, because the everybody knows the cheapest and easiest way to do a podcast is just to have great guests in an interview format where you don't have to do any work. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's how I operate. Um, instead, she puts together these pods of information. And so two pods ago was the layered strategy to referrals. So how certain things work on top of each other. So she's going to share that with us from the standpoint of law firms. Um, and it's really awesome and helpful. And I've listened to all of those podcasts already. So I'm super excited to see how it helps you all as well. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. And Brett, I'm sorry that I'm a little bit more awesome, I guess, according to you, <laughs> than no, you are. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Thanks guys for having me. Not a problem. So we have, uh, we have let's see. LinkedIn.com slash Stacy Randall. Stacy has an E. We Stacey have Stacy B. Randall for LinkedIn. Ooh, sorry. That... Yeah, we like, you know, we like to switch it up between the Stacy B. Randall and the Stacy Brown Randall. Like, we just like to keep it fresh, you know? There we go. But Stacy B. Randall on their toes. Uh, we've got www.stacybrownrandall.com for the website. We've got facebook.com slash Stacey Brown Randall. We've got Twitter at Stacey B. Randall. We've got Instagram at Stacey Brown Randall. And the biggest one for this after the takeaway, the awesome one here is stacybrownrandall.com slash layers, L-A-Y-E-R-S. Stacybrown.com slash layers will give you the worksheet for what we're talking about. Is that fair? Yes. All right. So what did I miss in the bio or what else do you want to add? 
Um, well, I mean, let's be honest. That was probably one of the best introductions I've had because it was your experience with my work and what I do. And I really appreciate that. I mean, I think the only thing I would add is, you know, if you want the condensed version of what I talk about on the podcast, you can check out my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. And then, of course, on the podcast, we I do, as Jordan said, I do an episode every week where I'm usually teaching. Very rarely do I have some folks on. I do from time to time. Um, but we do a lot of themed out teaching. So we're in a theme right now in the client experience. But as Jordan said, prior to that, we did the layering strategy, which we get to dive in today. Awesome. And then Brett, if you just want to tell everybody a little bit about you as well, for those who Absolutely. don't know. Absolutely. So uh, I am a project coordinator for LegalEase. Uh, I do all of those social media management and graphic design for a lot of our clients. Uh, I was brought on a couple months ago uh, just to do uh, a couple posts and ended up really loving what I'm doing and really finding a lot of success. So I just became full-time recently and really just excited to take it forward. Wonderful, Brett. All right, so uh, our last episode, that aired on last Thursday, right? We've been a week without an episode. So last Thursday, we had Lane Crawford with Legalese Marketing on, who talked about how you build your firm's voice through copywriting. It was a really awesome slideshow that they put together that has some of those tips on how to not sound like a robot or not sound like every other 1.3 million attorneys and instead really find your voice. And today, like I said, we were talking about the layered strategy to referrals that every firm should have. So Stacy, when we talk about this, I guess in a nutshell, what is a layered strategy? You know, it's interesting. I used to never teach it like this. And then I think the longer you teach something and you start getting different questions that come from folks, I find myself like coming up in the moment with a different way to explain it to help the person have that light bulb moment where they're like, oh, I get it. And I remembered um, it was probably not quite a year ago when I was having a conversation with somebody and she was like trying to figure out how to think about referrals in her business. And I was like, here, just give me a piece of paper because I typically am visual and I sketch things out. I said, like, just give me a piece of paper and let me show you. And I was just drawing these boxes and I'm like, they're like buckets or like layers. Like, and you've got to just have the first layer or the first bucket before you can go to the second one and the third one. And it was like, I could see the light bulb go off for her. And I was like, this is the same stuff I've been teaching for the decade or so that I've been teaching this whole strategy of referrals without asking, but the layering approach breaks it down to give you a way to be like, oh, now I know where to start. And then I can see where I need to go next based on where I am right now today. And I think that's the, the part of the layering strategy that I like so much and looking at these six layers, because I tell folks, I'm like, some of you, you only need one layer. And then you're gonna need some of the other layers just as like tools in your toolbox. And some of you are gonna need like the whole enchilada. Like you're gonna need it all, but you don't deploy any of it at the same time. Like you're not trying to deploy all six layers at the same time, you would overwhelm yourself. So the way I kind of talk about these six layers is two of them are plans. They're like plans and processes or strategies that you have in your law firm. That is how you are generating referrals. And then the other four are actually more language tactics that are things I want you to know when the moment arises and you're like, oh, Stacy told me how I should respond in this situation from a referral perspective and what I should do in this situation. And so really I always tell folks, I'm like, most folks need one, layer one or layer two to start. Eventually people will need one and two, but then 
three through six is all about just you knowing how to respond and what messaging to use and what language to use in particular circumstances so that you can continue to grow this overall strategy of your referrals. And that's really kind of like that big picture view of how the layering strategy kind of came to be and the, the reason behind it. And we're going to dive into those six. But before that, we have the other thing that we have to define. So I wanted to find what a referral is, and I want to see how good of a job I have done of sharing your definition <laughs> with the group. So Brett, what is a referral according to you? Um, any sort of using uh, your uh, past clients to regain uh, even more clients uh, through that. So there are many ways that you're able, uh, you taught us uh, that we're able to gain more referrals is building that relationship with uh, the clients. That's one of the most important things because by building that relationship, you're able to make it work both ways. So um, that's really one of the most important aspects that I really pinpoint. There we go. All right, so I know that's a great, op uh, great definition of a client referral. Stacey, I know you have that very specific referral definition that I love, so. Yes. So the way that you want to be able to define a referral, it's it's the ability for you to know what it is when it arrives, because how you respond should be different and what you should do after receiving a referral should be different. The problem is in today's world, there are a lot of people out there talking about referrals and they're confusing the definition of an introduction with a referral or a warm lead with a referral or word of mouth buzz with a referral. And a referral is its own standalone type of prospect that your business can receive that hopefully you will turn into a client. And so the two parts to know that, oh, I've got a referral are one, there's always a connection which means there always has to be somebody, you're, we call it the referral source. That referral source could be a client, could be a center of influence, could be a friend or a family member, could be your neighbor, right? But there's always a human, there's always a person as the referral source that's gonna connect you to the prospect, meaning the person who has a problem. And so they're gonna connect you, typically this is gonna happen over email, though not always, right? I mean, sometimes this can happen over a text thread or you know, if you're back in in-person networking events and being out and about, then maybe you're all at the same location and the, the connection can happen there. But regardless, typically it's done over email and you are personally connected by the referral source to the prospect. But in making that connection, there's the second part that defines a referral, and that is the need has been identified. In this situation, everybody knows their role, so to speak. So the prospect knows, yes, I'm the prospect. I'm the one who needs to hire a new attorney, right? I am the one who needs to get my LLC set up, or I am the one who needs to get out of the speeding ticket, whatever it is, right? They're like, I am the prospect in this situation, and I am looking for an attorney, which is why the referral source, the person that I trust, connected me with this particular attorney, in this case being you. So that's how we have to think about referrals. There's always a connection where you're connected to the prospect by the referral source and the need has been identified in the prospect talking about me to somebody else and that person's going to follow up. And I'm like, wow, that feels so close to a referral. 
you're not in the driver's seat. You don't know who the prospect is. There's no way for you to follow up. That's just word of mouth buzz. And that's great. I want people out there saying positive things about you. But in terms of being able to have a paying client out of the situation, that's not what's going to happen if it's just word of mouth buzz. And that's why I think it's so important to be so clear on what is a referral when it arrives. Also, because if you get word of mouth buzz, right, if you're at a networking event and you're talking to another attorney and they're like, hey, one of my clients reached out and has this need. It's not work that I do, but I think it's work that you do, right? I told them about you and I gave them your contact information. I also then in that moment, I want you to know how to respond so that you can actually turn that or what we call flipping it into an actual referral. So it's not just knowing what a referral is so you know when it shows up and you can deal with that prospect differently because they've been referred to you, but also because when you get something that's close to a referral but isn't, you also then know how to flip it into a referral. And it helps everything about the closing process with that prospect into a client. And then if it's not actually a referral, what we call an almost referral, you know how to turn it into a referral. Like there's, when we can recognize what it is, then we know how to respond effectively to get the end result we're looking for. And lawyers, I am proverbially shaking you by your probably collar. Uh, I mean, I guess I have a collar on a Hawaiian shirt, by your probably more white or light blue collar. Um, <laughs> this is what we need because of our ethics rules. Literally, like we need referrals like this. That word of mouth buzz is really difficult for us because we can't solicit. And so every state's going to have different rules, but that great email connection of, hey, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, you came to me with this need. I want you to talk to so-and-so. Here they are. You know, you gave me the, the, the opportunity to contact you, whatever it is in writing. Like that makes it so much easier for us from an ethics perspective, as well as making it easier for everybody from a business sales perspective. Yep, absolutely. And that is the number one thing. You know, I have a, a number of attorneys that are in my program. We got many, many attorneys in the program. And that's the number one thing that they always say is that they there's some strategies and tactics that's taught that violates your ethic rules. And so they're always making sure that what they are looking for and what they are going to deploy within their law firm or teach to their staff are things that they make sure that obviously are respecting the rules as they're supposed to. And if you're connected to the prospect directly, I mean, that solves all the problems. Yeah, I remember like day, I don't know, day one or day eight in BNI having a, a realtor that was like, hey, why didn't you call this person? I'm like, because my ethics rules don't let me. I saw the link. I saw that you gave it was a hot lead, but like, uh, can't do it. So this is what we have to do. So yeah. I know we're, we're speaking Greek to you, Brett, because every other industry other than lawyers, I don't, I don't know of any other industry that has this problem. It is like yeah. solely a lawyer thing. I would agree with that one. <laughs> well, and you know, and I would say for any industry though, right? Is yeah. We still want that referral because it makes the follow-up so much easier. The truth is, right, if Jordan, you were to be like, hey, Stacey, I was talking to this attorney and he's awesome and you should reach out to him. I, I actually have no ethic rules that say I can't yeah. just reach out to him, right? But you know what I do have? I have ethic rules inside of me. They're like, no, like I don't want yeah. to start chasing. Even though you may have talked about me to this attorney, I don't actually know if he wants to talk to me about referrals, right? I Like you said he did, but you didn't connect to me. So I'm not fully confident that maybe he does want to have a conversation. And the minute I then have to go follow up with him, I start chasing. And that's like, that's like cold calling sales. Like, I don't want to start chasing. I would rather, right, know exactly mm -hmm. what to say in that moment to get you to connect that attorney to me. It's so that we can have a conversation about me helping him with his referral strategy. And therein lies the difference and the ease of bringing clients in when they've actually been truly referred to you by the definition that I described. 
No, definitely. And I think one of the most like essential like parts that you pointed out is uh, identifying when that referral is there and like kind of making that move like exactly like like how you said like because once you put all those layers into it it all builds into building that relationship and being able to just it all clicks with the referral and making the sale and everything will just kind of click together gets easier yes yeah. So I know we talked about, we've got the six layers, we've got the two plans, we've got the language. I know we've danced around some of the language. Does it make more sense to do the two plans first and then get in the language? Okay. You're yes. nodding your head yes, and I'm, I'm in agreement. All right. So our two layers, our first, our first two layers, our two plans are? Yeah. So layer number one is where I tell everybody must start. Now, when you go through the beginning steps of layer number one, you may very quickly realize, yeah, I can't start here. I need to actually go to layer number two, but you won't know that until you've gone through the identification part of layer number one. So layer number one is actually looking at and identifying who are your existing referral sources. So who are the people who have referred you in the last couple of years, meaning they're more active, they're more of an existing nature because they've referred you probably this year over probably the last three or four years. Now you can go further back, but I always find to get the right data. We typically don't need to go more than three or four years back to really get good data that we're looking for. If you just started your firm a year ago, well, then you work with what you have but you have to identify who are your existing referral sources. And I always find that trusting your memory or the what you can remember, remember that anecdotal evidence is not a good strategy here. And so I teach a process where I want people to go into their database or their CRM or their Excel spreadsheet, however you're keeping up with your clients, right? I mean, I know you guys have to keep up with the client and then the matter numbers, right? And all those kind of different things. I know you're storing this somewhere to see if you can pull a list of your clients over the last couple of years and then identify how that client came to get to know you first. Like, how did they first hear about you? What was the source, right? Did they come through a Facebook ad? Did they meet you at a networking event? Are they your neighbor? Are they a colleague from a previous company? Or were they referred to you? And who were they referred to you by? So you identify your clients and then you identify the source. And what we're looking for once we've done that is all the clients that were referred to you. And then when we have the referral sources names, then we have our list of referral sources. Now, to do this in its totality, you have to do it two times, which this is not a fun necessarily process. I always say this is like the least sexy thing that I teach. There's nothing really fun about data diving unless you love data and then, well, you're going to be in heaven. But when you go back and you look through your clients and then you identify which of those clients were referred and who did the referring, you've got to go through it one more time and look at the prospects. Because the truth is not everybody that comes to know your firm is going to ultimately say yes to working with you. So you probably have some prospects that were referred to you that were either a no or a not now. Well, we're looking for those referral source names and those referral sources who referred you someone who didn't become a client are just as valuable as the referral sources who referred you someone who did become a paying client. And to have a master list of our existing referral sources, we need to look at it both ways, from a client perspective and from a prospect perspective, meaning those who said no or not now. And in that case, right, then we have our master list of our referral sources. And layer number one is all about identifying them and then creating the right plan to take care of them. And the right plan to take care of them, I always tell folks, like, let's start with what it's not, right? The right plan to take care of your referral sources is not your marketing newsletter. Should you have one? 
Yes, right? But it's part of marketing that you do. Can your referral source receive it? Yes, but we don't count it as a part of the way that we're going to take care of our referral sources. And we, what I typically teach in my program is you're looking at about four to eight touch points or outreaches or connection points in a year, though most people in the first and second year need around six to eight. And there is a very specific strategy of what I teach that those touch points are going to look like and what language we're going to use when we're doing them. But ultimately what we're after is we're after the way for you to make your referral source feel thanked and cared for that they did refer you and that they know you don't take those referrals for granted and how much you appreciate them. And there are lots of different ways to show your gratitude and your thankfulness in this situation. But as long as it comes from a place of being authentic and it's not like, oh, I'm just doing this to manipulate them to give me another referral because everybody can see that coming and it's not going to work. And you do things that are specific to you right? And that are authentic to you and you're think, taking care of them, right? You can really impact how they feel about you. Because what people don't recognize about referrals is I need two things to refer you, desire and opportunity. Nobody controls the opportunity, but the referral source, right? And so we can't control how often they're going to come across the opportunity to refer us. What we can control, and I mean control, and I should really be using like air quotes because we're not like controlling them, right? Like they're like our little puppet or something like that. What I mean is, is that we can take care of them to increase the desire they have to remember us and to refer us and to be on the lookout for opportunities to refer us as well, based on how we treat them and based on how they feel about us. And how we do that is by taking care of them in a memorable and a meaningful way, which means it's not a card mailed every major holiday and it's not a card mailed every month that they can tell you never hand wrote on that was automated by another system. It's not your newsletter, right? It's not your database reminding you, hey, it's been 60 days to so go ahead and send a text to see how they're doing. Like it's not that routine stuff that you do that's like every month that has no personality behind it. It's got to be memorable and meaningful. And then, of course, we kind of couple that with using the right language, which we call referral seeds, and looking at it from that perspective of the what you do, what you say when you're doing it, six to eight times a year to stay memorable and meaningful. But at the end of the day, it comes from a place of your heart of wanting to take care of the people who take care of your firm. So why in the world would you not do this? And we really do look at that group of referral sources as a group that is unlike any other in our business. And we have this plan. And we execute on it. And if it's six to eight times a year, guess what? That means we're not doing something every day or every week or even every month. But when we do something, we are being impactful and we are making sure they understand that we are thankful and that we are grateful for what they do. And so layer number one is all around how do you take care of the right way your existing referral sources? Because if I've already shown you a propensity to refer you, probably taking care of me puts, puts it the odds in your favor that I'll continue to refer you. And that's that first layer of the entire strategy. And it's where everybody starts because what happens is you're either gonna identify you have a bunch of referral sources and if you just nurture those, you can get all the referrals you need, right? So I'm thinking about Rick who's in my program. Um, he is an intellectual property attorney and he had a number of referral sources when he first went through that first step. And he was like, oh, if I can just nurture these folks and continue to get those referrals, that's all I'm going to need. So he was nurturing them and actually ended up doubling his referrals from, his, from uh, one year in the program because he actually took care of those folks in a way he hadn't before. On the opposite side, it could be somebody like Amanda, who is a personal injury attorney. And I think about her and she's like, she went through that process and she's like, I got one referral source. Like, I got one person. I'm going to need some more. 
what step one will reveal to you or will identify for you is do you have enough existing referral sources? And if so, you dig in and you start applying that process or it's going to reveal to you that you don't have enough or you definitely need more. And then that moves us into layer number two. But before I dive into layer number two, that was a lot. So let me see what feedback or thoughts you guys have. Yeah, I just, I want to flip that for a second. You know, when you're sitting here, uh, any attorneys listening, really anybody listening, and you have somebody that you have spent a bunch of time trying to help them, or you frequent their business or whatever, and you see them sending cases to somebody else that you could handle, how does that make you feel? And how negative that makes you feel should be how positive you feel in the opposite when people do send those cases to you. Like think of the entire concept of a referral to me is like mind boggling if you really break it down. Here is somebody wandering about their day. Somebody else says, hey, I need help. And they say, I can't help you. It is not what I do. I can be of no assistance in actually handling it, but I'm gonna take time out of my day to connect you with somebody. And look, there are referral fees and sometimes there's a financial benefit, but most of the time there's not but they're taking that time to get them to you because they know you because they trust you because they know you can solve the problem and it's just it's mind-numbing to me when that's not appreciated i know it's kind of crazy when you think about it and i think the very first time i started figuring this out like i was i had a, a business that failed and when i started my second business i was like i cannot go through another business failure so it was like throw spaghetti on the wall to see what would stick that would help my second business grow and when i realized that there's this there's a human on the other side of the people who refer us and just nurturing that human connection and that relationship and making sure they know how valuable they are to me. I was like, oh, why in the world would I not be doing this all the time as one of my lead strategies of, of how I grow my business to get more referrals by taking care of the people who take care of me? Like it was almost as if it was like a no brainer, but I had to learn it the hard way for it to be a no brainer, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I had a question because you are so much nicer than me because you talked about this from the whether whether the person hires you or not like that is still you know are, is that a hundred percent equal credit in your book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. So let me tell you why, right? And there are some caveats to this, right? That'll probably uh, kind of help you understand the totality of how I look at this from this perspective. So here's the thing. There are probably two reasons why I'm referring to you and not referring the right people. Right. Number one is I just don't actually know who the right people are for you. Right. Or number two is I just don't actually know the people that I need to know enough of to refer to you. Right. So it's, it's a little bit of this combination of put yourself in the referral sources shoes. Right. If I refer to you and somebody says, no, I don't really control that much of it. Right. Maybe they didn't connect with you. Maybe there wasn't the right chemistry. Maybe their situation changed. Maybe I misread the situation. Maybe they acted as if the problem was a problem. And then when they got down to having to spend money on the problem, they're like, ah, you know what? I can just go another year without an LLC. Everything's fine. Right. Like we don't know all those decision making processes that are happening. Right. The decision process inside our prospect's mind. But if I take the time to put my reputation on the line to send somebody to you, then ultimately that needs to be rewarded. So we always talk about we reward the behavior, not the outcome, because the referral source doesn't control the outcome. But 
if I consistently refer you people that you cannot help, that are not your ideal client, that you are constantly having to say, thank you for referring them to me and I'm having to refer them out. Well, at that point, once there's a pattern established, there's a conversation to be had so that I understand like who are your best and ideal clients so that I don't continue to refer people to you that you can't help. But until we can identify that, right, we don't assume that one or two referrals that didn't close is because of the referral source. You have to wait till a pattern type emerges itself. And then you have to recognize that they're still putting their reputation on the line, positive or negative in terms of them being the ideal client for you or not. And we've got to honor that through our process. Putting the reputation on the line. I think it's so funny to me because we, as attorneys, we always talk about that. We have our word, we have our reputation. We want to do that. But then when it comes to referrals, it's like, that's the person that'll give me the biggest referral fee, or that's the one who sent me a case. And, and you're so true. Like you're so correct. It is putting your reputation on the line when you are making that referral, just as much as it is when you are receiving that referral. And so there better be a great synergy. I don't know. There, there better be the right person, you know, in, in all three of the people involved in that as well. Yeah. And here's the other thing. I don't ever want to make my referral source work terribly too hard right now. I have found the more niche that you become, the, the easier it is for your referral sources to kind of get who they're going to send to you. I mean, that obviously is going to help, right? And so from that perspective, the more niche you are, the easier it is for your referral source not to get it wrong. But the reality of it is a lot of us do a lot of different things. And, and, or we have other attorneys, right, in the law firms that are going to be doing other things. And so they're just thinking, I just trust this team, right? I trust this attorney and he or she will figure it out to get you to the right place. But that's who I trust you to start with. And that's who I would want to help you if they can. And so if we kind of put ourselves in that referral sources shoes, it's like, right, it's recognizing that I don't want to have them to have to work too hard. I don't want them to have to know the perfect person to send to me. But if a pattern emerges over time, I do want to help them understand who I'm best or most likely able to help. So it's a little bit of a balance that you kind of have to do as you're figuring it out. But at the end of the day, I want to recognize my referral sources and I want to thank my referral sources for referring me, not because the outcome was they became a client and then look for patterns where maybe I need to help them adjust. Makes perfect sense. All right. I want to make sure that we cover all this in the time that we have allotted. So <laughs> we went through existing referral sources. What's our second plan? Okay. So layer number two, you may or may not need, but it is a skill also that I want everyone to know how to do, which is it's how to take those clients and contacts you have now and turn them into referral sources. So layer number two is focused on our potential referral sources. We all have those people that we know within our network or that are our clients that were like, wow, they're so well connected and they just know everybody and it would be awesome if they would just refer me. It would be great, right? We think that we don't actually know that, but we know that that's worth cultivating to see if we can get some type of referrals to come out of it. We all have that list, whether you have that list in your head or as you come across people, you kind of think to yourself, oh, I wish they would refer to me. Layer number two is all about you following the process to first identify the right people who could become referral sources, and then the cultivation process. So once you've identified them, then the cultivation process of how you kind of lead them down this path to getting you to giving you the first referral. Because once they give you that first referral, they instantly become an existing referral source and they move out of layer number two of the second plan and they move into 
plan number one or layer number one. And so that's important for us to note how these things are connected together. And when you go to the website and you download like the PDF visual of this, you'll see these boxes like layers are like interconnected, layer one and layer two. But layer two is, is a, it's a skill and you've got to know how to do it, right? You've got to understand like, how do I identify the right people to refer me? And then what do I do to get them to refer me? What the heck do I say in those moments where I have these follow-ups happening, where I'm trying to plant referral seeds to get them to refer me? And then you run the process. And for some folks, you may have to do this process for months and maybe even a year before you get your first referral. And you will kiss a lot of frogs before you get to the prince or the princess in terms of finding those referral sources, because not everybody you think will be a great referral source will ultimately end up actually being a great referral source for you. And so it's a process of identifying people and then taking them through this process. We call it, in my program, we call it the running five keeping warm process of how we cultivate them into referral sources and what we do. And at the heart of it, is whatever we can do to take care of them and to help them. That is actually what drives somebody to refer you is really when you are actually showing that you can make it about them and you can give first and you can focus on them and you can make sure that you are trying to help them while using those opportunities to plant some referral seeds, of course, which is part of what we teach. But it's that idea of before you should expect anything in return from anybody, what have you done for them? And it kind of comes from that mentality of what we teach and how it works. Again, like I said, if you go through layer number one and you're like Amanda, the personal injury attorney who has like one referral source, you're going to immediately jump to layer number two and you're going to learn the process of how to cultivate more referral sources. And she's got a couple of dozen referral sources today specifically because she went through that process very early on and increased her referrals and has done that year over year. She's now in her seventh year in the program um, and also increased her referral sources along the way. But even if you have as many referral sources as you could possibly need because you did layer number one, what I want you to understand about knowing how to do layer number two is that a referral source is never permanently your referral source forever. ...of their company, so they no longer come across your ideal client. They decide to get out of law, right? They pass away, like different things happen and change so that your list of referral sources is not static. It's fluid and it's going to change. So knowing how to also identify other people to refer you is still a really good strategy and a skill that I want you to have. And it's based on a plan that you follow. So that's the first two layers. Anything you want to chime in on, Brett? Um, uh, no, not right now, actually. All right. Yeah, it's and and the other I mean, the one reason that you left out there was or they start referring to somebody else, you know, and yeah. potentially through no fault of your own. You know, somebody else sent a better gift or somebody else was top of mind or somebody else, you know, called them in the right moment or somebody else was more helpful it, to them or whatever. It's the second thing you said. It's somebody else was top of mind. And that's typically why it happens, right? In the moment that someone says, I have a problem and I'm trying to be a hero to them, I want to come up with the right person to help them solve the problem. The truth is there's no way on earth you're the only estate and will or estate planning and will attorney in your town. It's impossible. There is more than one of you, right? There's no way you're the only criminal law attorney. There's no way you're the only, you know, business attorney. So if I, if you're a dime a dozen, which let's be honest, most attorneys are, right? They're, and you're not the only industry that's like that. So we're real estate agents and financial advisors, right? If you're in a, if you are a dime a dozen and there's other people like you in your area, then the ability to be top of mind is going to be specifically attached to how well you take care of a referral source. And if you go 
eight months, nine months, 12 months without communicating with yours, well, then of course, there's probably another attorney they've met recently that popped up in their head faster. And I actually think that's the worst thing. I actually think it's the worst thing to like have a conversation with someone and they're like, oh, you know what? I actually met someone a couple of weeks ago that could have really used you. And either they referred them to somebody else or they just didn't refer them at all because they had forgotten about you. And that's not what I want from your referral sources. I want your referral sources to always feel cared for. So you are top of mind. And I think that's something for all industries that anyone can really uh, take away is just staying top of mind, staying ahead of the game because it, it very much moves fast. And if you're not staying ahead and keeping up with everyone, you're going to fall behind and those referral sources, you're going to end up losing them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because we always talk about like the upside of referral sources is they're not going to all get stolen overnight. But the downside of referral sources is they can't you can't lose them over time. Yes. Yeah. And it's one of those things you kind of have to pay attention to. And I think that when you think about who your referral sources are, I always tell folks when they go through my program and they finish module two, they have that master list of referral sources, their existing referral sources. And I'm always like, can you just print that out and put it on your desk? Can you put it on your board? Can you put it somewhere on a wall so that you'll see it so that you're constantly looking at those names, even if you're not doing anything because that month you don't have a touch point to them. You need to keep them front and center because if not, it's like anything else with life. We get busy. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. We kind of forget. Right. And so even if you have a plan you're following, I still want you to constantly be remembering who the people are who make your life so much easier because they're like, here, Jordan, have a new client and just drop it into your lap. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the iPhone allows you to have 50 favorites. And so if you've got 50 referral sources or 40 or you know anything less than 50, you've got a good spot right there, pretty top of mind on your phone to have yeah. access to, to text, call, email, pass, pass articles to, make connections for whatever it is along those lines. Yeah, and that's the ability for you to, to do some outreach in the moment when you think about it. And I always tell folks, I want you to have that flexibility that if something pops up and you see it on LinkedIn and they just want an award, I want you to reach out for it. I don't want you to wait for like the next scheduled touch point to happen before you do something like that. So there's, there's a little bit of fluidness to even our plans. But if nothing happens, I do know that six to eight times a year, you will be taking care of your referral sources if you're executing on, on the plan I teach. Well, I also love when your outreach to one referral source becomes connecting them with another referral source. So, you know, whether that's they're starting a new venture, they need a business attorney, whether that's, you know, they're starting a podcast, they need guests, and you've got other people that'd be a great fit for them and vice versa. It's just always cool when you can show value to two referral sources by connecting them together. Yes, absolutely. All right. So we've got our other four layers, our four language tactics. So I'm going to give the, the floor to you in terms of what order you want to go through them in. Yeah. And I'll do this kind of at a high level perspective because I always tell folks like these aren't language tactics you need to know all at the same time. <laughs> like I understand that people are like, just tell me what to say. I'm like, but if I tell you all the things to say, you won't remember when to say it in the right time. So let me kind of do it like a high level perspective. Um, and then when we kind of break it down, understanding what that actually means for each layer or each tactic. So layer three and layer four are really focused on our prospects. They're the prospects that come to us either by referral or they're not referred. And so when you have somebody who's considering working with you, there's an opportunity, particularly if they've been referred to you, to use special language in that moment to get them thinking about referrals because they were referred to you, right, is the easiest thing to do is to remind them 
that they were referred to you. And it gets them thinking about you and receiving referrals. And it just starts to plant that language in their minds and that subconsciousness of how they think about you. But there's other things you can do for non-referred prospects, not nearly as easy because they weren't referred to you, right? But there's also other language tactics to use when you're in the buyer's journey process of a prospect thinking about hiring you to be able to plant some referral seeds to just see the potential of maybe turning them into a referral source. So layer three and four is the, the language tactics that we use specifically when it comes to referred prospects, layer three, and non-referred prospects, um, layer four. And then layer number five is, well, what do we do with our clients, right? So we may have identified clients that we want to refer us in layer number two, that we are actively trying to get those clients to start referring us, right? But sometimes we just don't know if a client's going to be a good referral source or not. So what if within our client experience, we had specific opportunities where we were planting referral seeds within our client experience process while they are in that new phase or when they moved into that active phase or even when they became an alumni or a previous client? What if there were the moments where we were planting referral seeds that actually could bring them to think about referring us, even before we've identified if they would be a good referral source or not, but it's just a part of how you run that process in your business. So if we think about these language tactics, right, layer three and layer four are all about prospects. Layer five is all about the clients. And then layer six is about networking opportunities, right? When you're out and about and you meet somebody and they're like, yeah, I was just talking to you, talking about you the other day to somebody. Do you know the language to say to be able to flip that word of mouth buzz into a referral? Or when you're at a networking event and you're having a conversation, whether it's virtual or it's in person, right? Do you know how to answer questions correctly that allow someone to start thinking about you from a referral perspective? So let me give you one example that'll make this kind of like crystallize for those of you who are like, I think I get it, but an example would help me truly get it, right? And that we'll use one from the networking layer. So if I'm at a networking event and somebody said, now, Jordan, I think I know you know the answer to this, but play along and act like you don't know the answer to this. Then so let's, some, put, let's put Brett on the hot seat then. Okay, we'll put Brett on the hot seat. Okay, poor Brett. He's like, oh, you're, okay. you're, he's I'll, like play, I'll play along too. All right. He's like, you've already done this to me once. Why are you putting me <laughs> in the hot seat again? Okay. So Brett, when you go to a networking event, whether it's virtual, you're doing it on Zoom, right? Or you're walking into, you know, a place and somebody says to you, hey, Brett, how's it going? How's business? What is the typical response that people give? Great. Business is great. Wonderful. I mean, is, there anything, is there anything wrong with that response? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, either answer would have been fine, right? Yeah, like, yeah. No, technically there's not anything wrong with it. It just doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And it's missing a major opportunity in that moment for you to be able to be like, oh, I could plant a referral seed here. So what I encourage folks to do, and I talk about this in my book, and it's one of the things we teach in the program, but I encourage folks to be able to answer the how's business question by planting a referral seed. So when someone says, hey, Brett, how's business? What I want Brett to say, and I cannot stress this enough, guys, it has to be true. <laughs> like you can't just- Thank you for adding that for the lawyers. You're wrong. Like, <laughs> I would assume I don't need to say it, but I always say it as a disclaimer to myself. And someone's like, well, Stacey told me I could lie. Stacey did not tell you that you could lie. Yeah. Stacey was very clear that you need to tell the truth. So I'm going to use some examples, but you can't use examples unless they're real for your business. But when they say helps business, instead of saying it's great, right, expand on that and say why it's great. So if you just brought on three new cases or three new clients last month and two of them were referred to you, 
say that. They're like, oh my gosh, business is great. Actually, no, I just started working with these three new clients and two of them were actually referred to me, um, which is great because I always love knowing that the work I do, right, means that other people value it enough when they refer people to me to help as well. What I've done in that moment is I've told you business is good, but I've also got you thinking about the fact that I generate the majority of my business by referral and that means other people trust me, but I haven't had to say any of that. I didn't have to say, right? Oh, I work by referral. I didn't have to say, don't keep me a secret, right? I didn't have to say, oh, by the way, if you've got any referrals, like I didn't have to say any of that. All I had to say in that moment is, hey, yeah, business is great. Brought on a couple of new clients last month and almost all of them were referred to me. And you can expand upon that if you wanted to, but you know, almost all of them were referred to me. Isn't it awesome when you receive a referral, it, like remind you, right? That you're doing something right and that people really value what you do. And then you're trying to engage in dialogue. This is a networking event. It's all about the small talk. I just want your small talk to be focused on something that may plant a seed in their head that, oh, Brett works by referral, right? Oh, Brett gets a lot of referrals. And I know what Brett does. So maybe when the opportunity presents itself, I'll think of Brett. Will you get a referral explosion from answering one house business question? Absolutely not. And the person you plant that house business referral seed answer with, it may fall on concrete. It may not even happen to fall on fertile ground with no way for you to water it. But it is a tactic for you to know when you're in networking situations where you can just plant seeds to see what happens and then nurture the ones that actually show potential. And that is actually ultimately when you think about a fully functioning strategy within referrals for your business, there are those plans you're executing on. And then there's those situations you find yourself in with prospects, clients, or in networking moments where you are working to see if you can plant referral seeds to see if any of them will show promise or you can continue to develop that relationship to get them into plan number two or plan number one, depending. Yeah, I think that's a, a lot of people uh, struggle with that. They Some people go to networking events and they try and meet as many people as possible or try and just get as many business cards as possible when they're not really making the most of these networking events. And that's not really necessarily what they're for. They're for so you're able to build that relationship with these potential clients or potential get uh, potential referrals and furthermore. So yeah. it's, it's just that people need to look at it a little bit more deeper than just meeting as many people as possible. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I always tell folks referrals only come from relationships and there's no way you and I have a relationship after a four minute conversation at a networking event in which I may not see you again for many, many months or maybe even a year. So if we're looking at networking as an opportunity to walk out with potential new clients or potential new referral sources, we're looking at it all wrong. But it is those moments where we can start to figure out who could be great referral sources for me. And there are moments where I can plant referral seeds. And that's why layers th three through six, they're just strategies, right? They're just tactics for you to have. They're more tools in your toolbox. But you got to know what they are so that the situation presents itself. You can be like, oh, wait. Stacy taught me something about this and I need to know how to do it. And that's ultimately what I want for folks. And that's why we break it down into six layers. So you can kind of just separate it out in your mind to know what you're doing and when you're doing it. But let's be honest, the, you go to that event, there's 50 people there and 40, well, so it's a lawyer event, right? So 25 of them are, how's business? I'm working too hard. I'm, I'm billing a billion hours, da, 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 da. 20 of them are, it's going great. I'm killing it. 
Two of them are probably like, it's terrible. I hate my life. I wish I didn't go to law school. And then like, there may be one who tells an actual, you know, engaging story or has something else there. Like that's the person who's going to stay in my mind to follow up with, to have lunch with, to build that connection, to build that relationship, to build that referral source, as opposed to everybody else who has the same three lawyer answers. You know, I love that you use that example because you're right, because think about it, right? To the, all the attorneys in that group, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so busy. I'm billing like a million, jillion hours, right? And you're like, mentally without even knowing it, you're saying to yourself, well, I would actually never refer to them because they sound too busy without that even being their intention. And most of the time, well, however we respond or answer to you, isn't really the reality of our situation. It's like what we think you want to hear so that we can impress you most of the time. And that's actually could be doing a negative in terms of your business development. Well, that's the, I mean, it's the same question as how are you, right? Like there's yeah. a, I forgot the comedian. He has a, he has a skit about like, how are you? There are only two right answers, good or very good. That's it. There's no actual conversation. Nobody really wants to know, but in this circumstance, you have that chance to kind of zig when everybody else zags or zag when everybody zigs or what, embrace your inner zig ziggler and do something different. You know, like it's just, it's, in such an easy way, I think. Yes. And for most people, it's that's the easiest one, I think, to deploy. It's one of the reasons why I put it in the book. Because I was like, if people are going to walk out, it's like the same reason why I put in the book, like how to write the perfect thank you note when someone just referred you. It's like, those are the things that I know. If you do nothing else of what I teach, which I hope you do, and you have lots of referral success. But if you do nothing else, but you know how to answer correctly, how's business or how's it going? And you know how to write the perfect thank you card when you've been referred, those are at least two strategies that I know have the potential to start planting some referral seeds. Whether they go anywhere, I can't guarantee that for you because you don't have the rest of the strategy behind it. But at least I know it's something that everybody can put into practice, regardless of how deep they want to go with their referral strategy. All right. So as we get towards the end here, um, we've got the contact. We've got stacybrownrandall.com slash layers so people can dive into this in a lot more detail. But anything else you want to make sure that we go over and cover? You know, I think we've covered a lot of these different layers and strategies. So the one thing that I would say is we go step by step. Like it's don't worry about all six layers right now. Even if you know, after listening to us, you're like, I need all six. Like I need them now. Like I needed them yesterday. It doesn't matter that you need them now or you needed them yesterday. You won't be able to deploy them all at one time. So pick one place to start. And I tell everybody it is layer number one. And that is identifying your existing referral sources and then creating a strategy and a plan with the right language to take care of them. And once you've identified layer number one, you'll know where to go next and things will start to become easier. You'll start to see it differently and it'll become easier to kind of put things into practice. Well, and really the, the order that you have four through six in or uh, three through six in makes the most sense because it's like they came in as a prospect, they became a client or the you know, or they're, they're not even in that realm. And it's a lot easier to control. Like, all right, well, now I'm going to add these words to my onboarding process and these connections. Now I'm going to add this to my client follow-up. And now I've got a networking event, you know, where COVID's over, hopefully knock on wood, please. I hope we don't end up with a, a pullback on the Delta variant or whatever we're on now. Um, I got a networking event coming up in three weeks. Like, all right, let me focus on six. I know that's going to be an option that comes up. You know, it's a lot easier to have those times set up when you control the right foundation, which is one and two, certainly one. Yep, absolutely. All right. So uh, for those of you that enjoyed this show, our next episode will air today. It's already Thursday. Next Monday, uh, Erica Young is coming on. So Erica Young, actually, I, I 
emailed you about. So Erica Young is a network scientist. So she's going to talk to us from the academic side of how networks shape our well-being relationships and community. So we did not intend to do the back-to-back, -back, but I hope that it will build upon everything in here, both from the science academic side combined with the great business acumen that Stacey brings to it. And that will be with Erica Young Monday. That is what, 1.30 Eastern time, right, Breezy? All right, 1.30 Eastern time, I'm being told. So I'm not going to let you go without the diamond nugget of wisdom. And actually, I'm going to get that great takeaway from both of you. So for anybody listening to the show for the last uh, 55 minutes, if they take nothing from this whatsoever, except what we're about to share now, what is going to be your biggest piece of advice for other attorneys to be the exhibit A of a successful attorney? Stacey, you're up first. And then Brett, we'll have you send us off with yours. I think the number one thing that you can do is identify if you have existing referral sources and figure out how you want to take care of those people because they can ultimately change the trajectory of the growth of your firm to be making it way easier or not paying attention to them and maybe making it harder. But knowing who the humans are that are the heroes in your business, your referral sources, I cannot, I cannot stress enough of how powerful of an exercise it is to go through and realize who your referral sources are. And then you realize how well have you been taking care of them? Well, it's very much the same thing with clients, right? Like mm -hmm. the average person is not going to hire you. So once they've already hired you, it's easier for them to rehire you. The average person is never going to refer to you. So once they've already referred to you, it is easier for them to do it again, as long as you do your part. Yep, absolutely. And right, I Brett, think... send us off. <laughs> yeah, and I think the most important takeaway is to remember that these are like layers, not steps. You don't get through step one and then you have to forget about it. And then you get to step two. Once you finish, you don't finish layer one. You're continuously looking for that referral source. You're continuously like working for those prospects. So it just never ends. And it's important to just remember that it doesn't just stop after you just get one or as many as you want. Well, really the goal is to make a uh, layer one as pain in the butt as possible because you have so many more people on the list every time you go through to make sure you've got them all tracked from everything exactly. else. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I also want to make sure that we shout out your podcast. I don't think we have the link for it. So I'll make sure that we add that in the comments, but I'm a huge, huge, huge fan as you know, and hopefully as most of our listeners know. So if you want to yes. the podcast a little bit, it is super helpful. It is a roadmap to grow your business. And there is a new episode that launches every Tuesday. We're somewhere in the 160 range of episodes. So don't feel like you have to go back and listen to them all. Uh, but you certainly can. We love our binge listeners. Uh, but it's roadmap to grow your business. And of course, it's on all the podcast listening apps. And the easiest link is stacybrownrandall.com forward slash podcast. Makes it really easy. Just go to that stacybrownrandall.com and look for the podcast link. And then it'll take you to those episodes. And really, at the very least, like that first 10 to 15, you got to go back and re-listen to because you walk through the marketing plan, the prospecting plan, how all those things fit together, how you put those things. Like literally, I have used that podcast as onboarding for attorneys at my firm and just been like, just do this. And then obviously, like, you know, we changed it a little bit to make sure we can't we call people. Prospecting means a little bit different stuff. You know, I love that you said that because we've been thinking about going back and like redoing because obviously as you acquire new information, right? And I think of different ways to teach things, maybe the same content, but a different way to teach it. We're actually thinking of redoing those first episodes. It probably won't be on in the podcast till next year, but um, it's actually coming up to maybe like redo them, like 
really make sure we tweak them and get them a little bit better and um, put them out, out there again. So I'd like the fact that you use them. That's good feedback for me. Thanks. Yeah. I think that'd be a perfect, because I know you structure yours in a great way. I think yeah. that'd be a perfect, you know, January, uh, 2022 launch. Cause then it's like, all right, you've got the goal setting and everything in December. You've got mm -hmm. the thankfulness in November and now, all right, let's start, you know, if you're coming in on day one, or if you want to go and redo your whole process, here we, here we do, here we go. Yeah. Let me use grammar properly. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of Successful Attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.